Hello and welcome to Talking About My Generation, a pop culture podcast dedicated to children of the 80s, 90s, and even into the 21st century. If you're new to the show, welcome. On this podcast, we'll discuss movies, video games, and television shows that we grew up on. Uh, this week, I do have Mike back with me here. Hello, Mike. <laughs> oh, yes, Dracula. <laughs> yeah. I actually should send you... Um, oh, God, I, I got to find it now. Um, I have a clip uh, when I interviewed, and this is way off topic, but it, 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 it'll come back around. I have a, I have a clip of... Um, of uh, Maurice LaMarche doing his uh, his laughter that he sometimes does, and Andrea Romano would always have him do this if it comes up. <laughs> so she would always have him do that in some of the. <laughs> Some of the Animaniacs episode outtakes. Oh, that just that sounds and, wrong, but it sounds good at the same time. <laughs> yeah, it's so awesome. Um, so anyway, folks, we are here tonight. We're going to do because we're filming this just before Halloween, or recording this, I should say, not filming it. It'd be horrible if we were filming it because you guys would be seeing me sitting here without a shirt on. That'd be awful, bad visual. Anyway, <laughs> nobody wants to see me with a with or without a shirt on, so it doesn't really matter. Exactly. <laughs> like I, you know, like I've said before, we both have faces for radio. Yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, anyway, we are going to be covering kind of a Halloween smorgasbord this year. Uh, we are going to be covering some of our favorite films. Uh, we'll be doing Adam's Family, Dracula Dead and Loving It. Uh, the little known once bitten. <laughs> and we're also going to be just covering, I know we covered it last year, but we'll throw in just a little touch on it's the great pumpkin, Charlie Brown. Mm -hmm. So with that in mind, we'll go ahead and we'll get started here. We'll take a quick break so you can hear the first trailer and then we'll be right back. Shave your head, we dress you up. No problem. They'll think he's faster, the long lost brother. I hope so, Mr. Alford, for your sake. It's foolproof. It had better be. Could it be? Is it him? Fast. Tonight we dance for our treasured guest of honor, Fester Adams. 
a new chapter. Scabs. Do you think that's really Uncle Fester? <laughs> They're on to me, Mother. I'm almost sure. They're not your family, Gordon. I am. They don't love you. I do. They're evil. <laughs> and corrupt. And degraded. I can give you that. Is this made from real lemons? Yes. I'll buy a cup if you buy a box of my delicious Girl Scout cookies. Are they made from real Girl Scouts? Slow down! It's terrible when you stutter! Alright, so you've heard the trailer, and you know what we're going to be filming. It's the snaps, and everybody knows the theme song for this movie. Uh, we are going to be covering the Adams Family first. Mike, what was your thoughts on this film? Oh my god, I love this movie. This is, okay, okay, ladies and gentlemen, what we're doing here in this Halloween smorgasbord is we're covering Halloween comedies, because I am not a horror fan at all. I... Just not a horror movie fan. And I figured, oh, well, Halloween's coming up. And since Doug releases the episodes on Saturdays, we're pulling a Simpsons and releasing this November 1st, 2014. Because, uh, yeah. Uh, but it's one of those things where um, I don't mind Halloween comedies. And the Adams Fam. I mean, anyone who's anyone knows the old TV series. And when they did that first movie in ninety, in ninety, oh my, ninety three. Yeah, I know ninety one. Ninety one. Okay. Anyone? I was gonna say if it was ninety four, I'd be like, oh crap. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, nineteen ninety one. And again, this is was at the height of. You know, films back then. I mean, you know, ninety one. You got Hook. You got uh, no Hook. Hook was ninety four. I'm sorry. Uh, you, you got a whole bunch of films came out in ninety one, and it's one of those films that just. I think this is the first time I ever saw Raul Julia until he would eventually star in uh, Street Fighter as yep. M Bison. Um, and compared to the old Gomez, I don't have his name pulled up. Forgive me that I forget. How Com could you forget John Aston? Yeah, we talked about him last week. Um, I, you know, the Gomez I remember, even though I've seen some of the old Adams Family TV series, sadly, the Gomez I remember is from the Scooby-Doo movies. <laughs> well, you know that that was, Raul, uh, that was uh, John Aston who did John, the voicing that, of John. that. Yeah. So, yeah. So awesome. <laughs> uh, but, you know, Ra Raul Julia, I thought he did an, a, an incredible performance. Um as Gomez, I think um, uh, Angelica Houston was a great Morticia. Oh, wonderful, wonderful <sighs> casting there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Doc Brown is uncle. <laughs> I'll tell you. Yeah. <laughs> Christopher Lloyd has some whacked out roles that he has done. Okay. Set Doc Brown aside. Put him back in 1885 or 1585 or 1620, wherever. And – Look at Christopher Lloyd's other roles other than being Doc Brown. He's been Fester. He's been the voice of Rasputin in um, uh, Anastasia. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, he was the evil guy in the Walter Matthau, Dennis the Menace movie. Uh, Christopher Lloyd is an actor outside of Back to the Future, outside of the dark, dark Brown persona that always really surprises me when, when and where he shows up and stuff. Like Judge Doom, I'm like, wait, why did Doc Brown yes. go evil? You know, yes. it's like it's one of those things where it's so nice and refreshing and Uncle Fester for him. Oh, God, such – again, such perfect casting. Yeah, I mean I'm going to say this only because when I first heard that they were doing this film, my first impressions were, oh, God, they're going to ruin it. That it <laughs> it's going to be absolutely awful. I was expecting it to be another spoof of the series, kind of like what Brady Bunch had done for their movie, which mm – -hmm. The Brady Bunch movie was okay. I was just afraid that this was going to end up being like that. And I was so worried about it. I'm like, oh, oh, please don't let this be bad. And I was really pleasantly surprised by it. I mean, even when I heard Christopher Lloyd was going to be Uncle Fester, I'm like, ah, you know what? I'll give it a chance. I'll give it a chance. And I didn't like it at first, especially when he was Gordon with the long hair. And I just was like, oh. <laughs> You know, but they but they set the plot up very well. I mean, you yes, know, they because they, they 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 give him this whole amnesia plot line, and it's I mean, amnesia plot lines are cliched at this point, but still, you know, I mean, I mean, hell, even Kermit the Frog had an amnesia plot line in one of the movies, so it's you know, it's yeah. one of those things where it it's a classic fallback storyline. They give him the amnesia thing. The mother wants to find the the Adams family vault and the riches and the money and everything else and you know my whole question is and I, I I'll admit I don't know because I it's been a long time since I've seen the old television series how did the Adams family amass I mean unless they're you know mercenaries or you know hired guns or lone gunmen like how did they amass the fortune that they have that's what I want to know you know, I don't remember if it was ever revealed. I think it was just kind of one of those, you know, hey, they have lots of money type of things. Mm. Um, but yeah, so they go out and, and you know, they want to find the money and she concocts this whole thing where he is the long lost brother of Gomez Adams, Fester Adams, which in fact, in turn, he actually does turn out to be yeah. <laughs> the long lost brother. Uh, of Gomez Adams and um, lost in the Bermuda Triangle. Triangle. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Oh, there, there. Were, I, I gotta say, there were some great quotes from this film. Uh, mm. One of my absolute favorites comes from Christina Ricci as she's playing Wednesday Adams, <laughs> and you see them. They're all going out to trick or treat, and they look at her, and she goes, "I'm going as a serial killer. They look just like everyone else." <laughs> You know, and I was just like, oh, my God, that's hilarious. She was perfect for that. And you look at her now and you see some of the roles that she's done since then. You know, uh, she's done Pecker. She's done uh, Penelope, where she had a pig nose. I mean, she's done a lot of things mm -hmm. since then. And it's kind of like, wow, she's really come a long way. And, you know, she looks so different now. And just, I mean, she still has that Wednesday Adams vibe to her, but... You can see she's actually grown into this very beautiful young woman who can pull off a myriad of different roles. 
Oh, absolutely. I mean, when she got cast alongside uh, Johnny Depp for Sleepy Hollow, I was like, oh, wait a minute. Yeah, yeah. But, um, but yeah, no, and uh, wow. If you look at her Wikipedia page, the image that the Wikipedia has is from her at the 2008 Tribeca Film Festival. She doesn't even have the black hair anymore. She dyed it reddish. Oh, let me yeah, see. If you, uh, <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. So she doesn't look like Wednesday anymore. She has no. a long time. Um, but, I mean, she's she's got a really good, rich um, rich filmography. Uh, you know, I mean, recently uh, she's, you know, the Smurfs. Yeah. She was Vexy, a voice in the Smurfs too. Uh, she was in Bucky Larson. She was in Alpha and Omega. She was in Bellamy. She was in War Flowers. Uh, coming up next, or uh, at the end of this year, she's going to be a voice in uh, the Hero of Color City. Um, uh, she's going to star as Lizzie Borden in oh, <laughs> Made for TV. TV movie. Um, wow, talk about coming back to those horror roots. <laughs> yeah, ain't that the truth? Um, but I mean, you know, her as Wednesday was just genius casting. And honestly, I think that it was the first thing I'd ever seen her in because before that, she was in Mermaids and The Hard Way. I do not remember The Hard Way at all. You're not missing anything. <laughs> I, I saw bits of it. I'm like, oh, God. Um, <laughs> But yeah. Oh my god, Michael J. Fox and James Woods. Wow. Yeah. yeah, no, I'm not missing anything. Yeah. James Woods was a cop. Michael J. Fox was an actor who was trying to learn how to be a cop for a role. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that's that's basically the plot. Moving on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, you know, I think the one cast member um, out of this entire cast for, for Adam's Family that really kind of uh, that I noticed immediately, and I don't know what it was about him, but I've seen him in multiple things. Was um, Tully Alford, uh, Dan oh. Dan Hedia? Yeah, um, he has had a numerous amounts of of roles. Uh, you know, Joe versus the volcano. Yeah, he uh, he's just been one of those characters that like he shows up. He's always a face that you recognize. Uh-huh. Uh, I think where most people our generation would remember him from is the father in Clueless. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. You know. Sad uh, thing. Uh, I do remember him as Larry Fisher in Rookie of the Year, though. Oh, yeah. Um, so, you know, uh, he has got... Uh, oh, that's... Oh, that's right. Recently, really recently, he was... Um, he was Detective Dix, D-I-X, uh, in Gotham, uh, in the most l- recent episode, Spirit of the Goat, that came out this week. So, yeah, not that, not too bad. And you know, it's funny because IMDB has him as Detective Dick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's, so, it's Dix. It's D-I-X. Oh, yeah. I, I believe you. I believe you. <laughs> I was just, I saw that and started laughing. Yeah. Um, Oh, but yeah, he is, he's just a great actor. I mean, like you see him and he always plays kind of these slimy types of characters and he is perfect for this role because he's the slimy lawyer who's just trying to get money out of him. Yep. 
Absolutely. So, um, I don't know. Did you have any trivia or anything here that you wanted to pull up for this one? No, I mean, uh, I, 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 this is a movie that lives on in infamy. This is a movie that anyone can go back to and either get, you know, a, you know, scare or two out of, and yeah. You know, honestly, my two favorite characters that are not, well, Lurch is human, but uh, my one favorite character that is not human, and that I, I guess he used to be human, I love Thing. My favorite scene in the entire oh, yes. movie is when Gomez is, like, at the bottom of a bottle, and Thing comes up, and he starts doing the hand jet. He's like, slow down, you're going too fast! <laughs> yes. And then, and then you hear him... Um, Morticia in danger. Stop. 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 Oh, God. I love that. This is my favorite scene out of the whole movie. And, and you know, I kept waiting for one particular sign, you know, that universal gesture that everybody knows. I kept waiting for Thing to do it at one point, <laughs> and he never did. He never did. Although the guy, the guy who did Thing, that was actually his hand running around, and he said he got calluses from that, from doing all the running around with it. And he says at one point he actually did give the director the finger, but it it was just completely cut out of the movie. So I was kind of like, okay, <laughs> you know, it was just it was classic just watching this thing go all the way around. Uh, one thing I did pick up here, just one tiny bit of trivia that I had to laugh about the well, I shouldn't say laugh because it's kind of it's kind of morbid. But then again, we are talking about the Adams family. All of the adult cast members from the original series of the Adams family with the exception of John Aston, had uh, they had all died, and John Aston obviously playing Gomez. Aston mm-hmm. has ironically outlived the movie Gomez, Raul Julia, who died yeah. in 1994. So it's yeah. kind of one of these things. It's like, you know, it's sad, but at the same time, it's kind of funny when you look at it. Here's this morbid thing. So... Yeah, and I think I, I could be wrong about this. So I'm going to have to look at it and see. I th- think that Raul Julia's final role, I think it was M. Bison in Street Fighter. I believe so. I uh, think it was, unless, um, let's see. No, he had a, um, um, there was a posthumous uh, one called, it was a TV movie, but, uh, you know, as far as big action things, Street Fighter was his his last last thing. He was on an episode of the Bob Newhart show back in 74, though. Really? Wow. Oh, my God. He was Raphael. Four episodes of Sesame Street, 71 to 72. Oh, my God. <laughs> it, now, one thing I'm going to bring up real quick with Raul Julia, I did find it kind of fitting that they had him playing as M. Bison because in the movie you see him get beaten up and he supposedly dies when Jean-Claude Van Damme's guile kicks his ass. Mm-hmm. And then you see him resurrect himself because he gets injected with the stuff and he comes back, his heart starts beating again, and he's reborn, which I thought was kind of ironic considering everything that happened to him at that time. You know, that that was happening right in 94, right when he died, because the movie actually came out after he had passed. And I mean, it was like right after he passed. So anyway, uh, I think that's all we're going to have for for Adam's family here, unless you have anything else you want to plug in I, here. I will say that <laughs> we do have to bring up 
the Adams Family Values. You have to bring it up just a minute. Okay. It, it was. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll agree. It was with another. You. It was. It was a sequel to this film. It was another story based around Fester, where Fester uh, has gone off and found love with um, Joan Cusack of all people, and she is a. Uh, Debbie, I know her last name is not Derry Berry because that's Jimmy Neutron, but right. I, this this Debbie character that Joan Cusack plays, she is one of these black widow brides who, you know, basically, you know, kills each husband to get their money. And okay, sure, it's a recycled plot with different with a different character in it. Um, but I, I what I love about both Adam's Family and Adam's Family Values is. How all of the characters interact. I mean, seeing Pugsley and Wednesday at summer camp. Oh, that God. was hilarious. Just hilarious. Oh, <laughs> and, and having Pugsley dance around as the turkey and he's yelling, eat me. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, my God. I couldn't stop laughing. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Adam's Family Values, it, it, it is a nice little sequel to the um to the the original film uh i really did enjoy it and uh, when did that one come out did that one uh 93 i know okay so wow they only waited two years for that okay yeah um i don't know kind of close this out one for 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 adam's family i i don't know if they could ever bring it back i don't know i don't honestly know if they should but like that's what Hollywood and movie makers do nowadays. They, you know, they're bringing for crap's sake. Since, since this is Halloween, I'll bring this up. It's not movie related, but they're supposedly in talks, or a pilot script is in talks around certain networks to do an updating of Bewitched, where it's Tabitha's granddaughter. It's Tabitha's daughter, Samantha's granddaughter, that's going to be some current day witch or something or no no I, I know i know i know but what i'm saying is that i don't know if if anyone in hollywood actually did come up and say okay well we we you know let's let's go ahead and try to revive the adams family and and and, and see what happens i honestly don't know if anyone any current director producer right now today could do it properly like these yeah. two films, you know, say what you want about, you know, I'm, I'm sure a lot of people don't like Adam's Family Values. Say what you want about it. I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was great. These two films basically took the old series and put it on a silver screen. And yeah. as you're sure, not, not everything is, in, is there from the old series. But I mean, you know, you got Granny, you got the kids, you got obviously, you know, Morticia Gomez and Faster, and that's really all that you need. Um, the only and, thing that I missed from mm-hmm. the series, from the original TV series, that I really wish they could have put in was having Lurch come in and go, You rang? <laughs> and they never did that. I mean, it was like, Oh, come on, really? Mm-hmm. That was the one thing I missed. But, you know. It's what it's what Barry Sonnenfeld, director of Men in Black and Men in Black Two, decided that he wanted to do. So, you know, I'm going to let him do whatever he's wanting to do. Mm-hmm. Um. So, I think that'll go ahead and wrap it up here for us, and we'll take a quick break. 
We'll come back with the movie trailer for our next film, and we'll discuss that. Mark Kendall's a regular guy. Get me out of here! With normal problems. I want to, but I want it to be special. <sighs> but Mark's just discovered... Hello, tall, dark, and handsome. <laughs> ...that his one-night stand... I haven't had anything this pure since the Vienna Boys Choir hit town. ...has been around for centuries. I'm 390 years old. 400 if you're a day. Mark Kendall is necking... Finally happened. ...with a vampire. Did I enjoy it? <laughs> now, Ow. he's losing his what? girl. Bit my lip. His customers... Get out of here! His image... Look, I'm not there! ...and his mind. Oh, wow, I love your outfits. I'm not wearing a costume. Mark's got to choose. It's like you're not the Mark I thought I knew. You look like Jerry Lewis. Between his first love... I'm the owner of the pants you've been trying to get into for the last four years. And his last date. How would you like to spend eternity with me? I can't. I gotta go to college. Before his future goes up in smoke. How'd you like your crotch set on fire? Ooh, rough trade. Nothing is sacred. <gasps> in a tasty comedy. Can I have one of those uncooked ones? You can sink your teeth into. How was it? Delicious. Once bitten. I don't want to be a vampire. I'm the day person. And we're back. Uh, I'm sure all of you have heard the trailer now. You know what we're talking about here with the movie Once Bitten. <laughs> uh, yeah, I... I... <laughs> I'm going to say this because I, I remember seeing this from the very beginning here. I actually saw it on TV. Uh, maybe it was, I want to say it was like HBO or, or Showtime or something like that. Mm -hmm. It was one of these, you know, B movie flicks that they had on right before Halloween that they were trying to just get out there. And I thought, oh, okay, I'll sit here and watch it. And I had no idea who the main character was. <laughs> You know, I mean, at that time, because I hadn't been watching things like I hadn't been watching In Living Color yet. I hadn't really been watching, you know, uh, Ace Ventura or anything like that. So it wasn't making the connection for me as to who it was. Mm -hmm. But it was I really liked the film. I, I, I thought, OK, this is kind of funny. It's goofy. You know, here you've got the you know, you've got the lead vampire who's got to try and find a virgin. So that she can, you know, and that was something I kind of went, OK, this is starting to remind me of. Monster Squad and, you know, some of the other movies that I've seen where they have to have a virgin for some reason. <laughs> uh, it was okay. You know, I mean, it was it was it wasn't the best film, best vampire film ever, but it was a hell of a lot funnier than some of the other things I've seen. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, seeing Lauren Hutton walking around with, you know, her boobs hanging out in that very low cut down to her navel dress. Yeah, I, you know, uh, you know, you know how people always talk about J Lo and her low cut. Hutton put it to shame before J Lo ever thought about it. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so let's talk though, because we have to mention this is actually one of Jim Carrey's very first roles in the film. I mean, it was not his very first film, but for those who are who have never seen it. It's probably one of his better roles, I think. It's, I mean, this is his sleeper star. You know how people say that um, a certain, you know, you, you talk about music and a certain album is their Make Me Famous album or their Breakout album. Mm -hmm. This is kind of his soft 
introduction, like obviously when we get to Ace and Mask and all that stuff, that was really when you know outside of In Living Color, that's when people really took notice of him. But like I saw this, like, it had to have been ninety six. Seriously, like, it was on TV, like, like you said. And I was like, whoa, what is Jim Carrey doing in a vampire movie? What the hell is going on here? Um, yeah. You know, because I, I, I had no, I mean, because I, I had already, I know it was 1996 because I had already seen Ace, uh, the first Ace, because the second one for me doesn't count. Um, yeah. It just doesn't. Uh, you know, I had seen The Mask in Dumb and Dumber. Um, and, you know, I, I, I saw this on TV. I don't know. I was in a foster home or something or other at the time. And uh, I'm like, Whoa, what's Jim Carrey doing in a vampire movie? This is so weird. And ever since then, I was like, this is one of the best movies of all time. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's one of the best Halloween movies of all time. I'll say that. Um, I, it, the plot is very simple. The acting outside of the main cast members is not that great. I mean, his friend, uh, I'm not looking, uh, what's his friend's name? Um, oh, he had, well, oh, crap. He had two uh, of them. Yeah. The guys that worked at that hamburger restaurant. Yeah. Uh, uh you know, he, his friends didn't act that well. Um, what was it? Jamie and Russ, I think. Oh yeah, yeah, so, yeah, something like that, and and the acting wasn't that great on there, you know, on on the you know technically side cast members because let's face it, between his girlfriend, himself, uh, his character is Mark, Mark, Mark's girlfriend, the Countess and her assistant. Those are really the four main characters that matter. Yeah. Everybody else, at least to me, and you know. They, they're they're all just extras. Yeah, I mean now, I mean they're there. They're supporting cast members, but uh, I I do have to mention because I when I was watching this, I saw mm-hmm. the credits coming up in the very beginning, and my first thing that I saw when it said Clavon Little, I went, "Oh my god, it's a black sheriff! It's Blazing Saddles all over again!" And I was waiting to see if he was going to you know burst out in the song or do anything like that. I was sorely disappointed. Uh, you know, I mean, he played an excellent role, but he was, you could definitely see that he had a little bit of swish to his walk when he was going through there. And it, I kind of, I kind of thought, hmm. So, you know, I still liked him. I thought he was great in this role, but I, I was just, uh. <laughs> and I do not remember. Suzette, I do not remember unless she has a high pitched voice. I don't remember Megan Mullally in anything other than Will and Grace half the time. Yeah, well, she was she was in this film, but she was like a friend of she like just had this little bit part where she yeah. was talking to um, Karen Hopkins' character, mm-hmm. and that was it. I was kind of like, oh, hey, there's Megan Mullally. Yeah. on. <laughs> yeah. Um. But I, and Carrie, he's done so many interesting things over the years. I mean, oh, yeah. the guy has had okay, sure, he's got you know. We've already talked about Ace, The Mask, and Dumb and Dumber. He had a little stint as as the Riddler, and you know, the Psycho Cable guy, and you know, Liar Liar, Truman oh. Show, Man on the Moon, Me Myself and Irene, The Majestic. Um, Bruce Almighty, Eternal Sunshine, 
Uh, lemony Snickets. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm, I'm going to say one quote that came up from, from Liar Liar that my mom loved, <laughs> and it's stuck in my head, is when his, you know, when, when his uh, character's son asks him, so, Dad, if I make my face like this here, will it stay that way? And he goes, nope. In fact, some people make a very good living at making funny faces. <laughs> and my mother just burst out laughing. I remember seeing that in the theater. My mother actually like, and, and like everybody in the theater turned around and looked at my mother and was like, um, and she's like, oh, sorry. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, it was one of those things. It was just, it was a total inside joke that she got. Nobody else did, unfortunately. You know, I mean, he he's he's done a lot of great stuff over over his career, and so many different things. Um, <laughs> during his uh, stint on Living Color from ninety to ninety four, uh, in nineteen ninety two, he was Mister Funny Man on episode three thousand twenty three on Sesame Street. We've had two actors so far in the, in the Halloween smorgasbord here that have been on Sesame Street. Wow. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, but Once Bitten, it's a nice little film that kind of, you know, this to me is one of the only vampire movies I can watch uh, since it is a comedy. Um, I still think you got to watch Lost Boys, even though you no, think it's too horrible. Uh, no, that's yeah, no, not what I... No, <laughs> I, I didn't say Lost Boys was horrible. I said if it's horror, I'm not... If it's straight-up horror, I'm not going to be watching it. Um, you know, now that I think about this movie, this movie is the 1985 version of what 1992's Buffy the Vampire Slayer movie with Christy Swanson is. <laughs> you know, I, I thought I saw Christy Swanson in this one. No, she wasn't in Once Bitten. She was in uh, 1992's Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Well, no, I, I know that, but I, I could have sworn I saw her name for something that we were going to cover. Oh, shit. Oh, well. Um, now hmm. it's going to bug me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember, actually. Uh, but yeah, Once Bitten, a nice nice little... little uh, a little Halloween vampire film here. Yeah. I, you know, I liked it for what it was. It was a good laugh. I, I'm going to ruin the film for everybody, though, because obviously Lauren Hutton is trying to go through and bite the... She's trying to bite a, a virgin. She's got to drink blood from him three times, turn him into a vampire. Mm-hmm. The very end, he ends up losing his virginity with Karen Hopkins' character in a coffin <laughs> and Lauren Hutton comes out and goes, you were in there for less than a minute. Oh crap. You're right. You could have done it in a minute, yeah. but you didn't enjoy it. <laughs> and I just was kind of like, okay, you know, and, and I kept thinking to myself, well, if they knew this, why didn't he like, you know, pop it to her sooner? Yeah. I don't know. So, I think that's all we've got to say about that one, really. I mean, yep. we'll go ahead and we'll move on from this, and we'll take we'll take a break, do our next uh, cut, and we'll be right back. This is the frightening and shocking tale of Count Dracula. Oh. 
this one we face is unlike any other. He can change the most innocent of humans. Oh, Jonathan, let me kiss you. But you see, I'm British. So are these. <laughs> Women are rendered powerless under his spell. Stand up. Not you. Sit. You stand. No, sit. No, stand. Now, walk to the terrace door. Watch out! His evil desire has no end. She's alive? She's not Farage. She's Italian? Up there! Make no mistake. He must be stopped. Leslie Nielsen, Peter McNichol, Stephen Weber, Amy Yazbeck, Lizette Anthony, Harvey Corman, and Mel Brooks. If she dies, a victim of this unspeakable creature, she will become one herself. What? She will become one herself. Dracula, dead and loving it. Ah, it's good to be dead. <laughs> And we're back for part three of our lovely, what, lovely, illustrious screw up <laughs> of our Halloween. You can't go one episode without screwing something up. Shit! I know. <laughs> so we are going to be covering uh, Mel Brooks's film, Mel Brooks's parody of Dracula, Dead and Loving It. Uh, I'm going to be honest. I have not seen this movie yet. Um, I'll take some shit for that. You, you haven't seen it at all? No, I wanted to. I got. I, I started trying to watch it today. Mm-hmm. And I was trying to watch it on my iPad because I had put it on my iPad. I got 15 minutes in and the battery died. Wow. Yeah. And it was that was my own stupidity because I thought I had charged it and I didn't. And I was at lunch. And my car charger that I had did not put out two amps. It only put out one amp, so I couldn't charge my iPad with it. Uh, I I know some of the characters that are in this film, obviously. So we're just going to kind of have to go with it. And Mike, I'm going to lean on you. (laughs) (laughs) Obviously, this is one you recommended because you thought it was hilarious. And I I mean, it's it's Lieutenant Frank Drebin as Dracula for craps. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I mean, how could you not love this movie? Um, Well, and and I've seen so many Mel Brooks films that, you know, I mean, I can't not love Mel Brooks. It's just one of those mm -hmm. things, you know, high anxiety, uh, uh, space balls, uh, Robin Hood, you know, men in tights. Come on, there's there's so many of them to cover. Those are just the ones I'm thinking of off the top of my head. Mm -hmm. You know, Young Frankenstein, there's another one. Uh, but yeah, Dracula dead and loving it from what I saw of it, I just kind of started laughing. You know, one of the very first scenes that I saw when you first see Leslie Nielsen and he starts talking about children of the night and how they can mess things up. And there's a bat flying around, takes a drop of, you know, takes a big old dump of bat guano on the stairs, <laughs> you know, and he has to go and step in it, slip and fall down the stairs with it. I was just kind of like, OK, you know, they, they had to make fun of the poop. They had to give a bit of a pratfall. It was good. (laughs) 
So basically with the characters that are in this movie, you have uh, obviously Dracula, you have Van Helsing, you have uh, Jonathan Harker, Mina Stewart, um, you know, you have all these people and uh, um, basically it's a Dracula versus Van Helsing kind of thing. Um, uh, and honestly, uh, Peter McNichol as Thomas Renfield is honestly the best part of this movie. Yeah. yeah. Outside of the menage a trois, Leslie Nielsen finds him in, in one part of it, um, with the two, uh, vampire groupie girls. Um, but, uh, you know, t- Peter McNichol as, as, as Thomas Renfield and doing the, yes, master, this whole kind of, he, he just, he sold the whole yes, master thing. And it was, it was, it was so awesome. So funny. Oh, it, uh, Peter McNichol. I mean, he, he does such wildly different roles. I mean, mm-hmm. when you look at what he did as, um, uh, not Vigo, I can't think of his name in, um, Ghostbusters 2. Oh, uh, Oscar. Thank you, Oscar. When he did that, you know, and you see him kind of walking around as just, and he's doing that whole, oh, there's the baby type thing, you know? It was hilarious. I love that. And to see that and then see him doing Mr. Bean when he was, uh, you know, when he was in the movie Mr. Bean with Rowan Atkinson, completely different role where he's just normal. Mm-hmm. Then to see him doing this where he's got an English accent and he's affecting himself very well. And the whole yes, mess there, <laughs> yeah, he had it down. And and then you go to see him do like a television series like Numbers. Yes, it's it's so different. He's a wonderful actor, and the whole time I I, I spent uh, what was it two years ago maybe about two years ago, uh, like when I first got Netflix, Numbers was one of the series I kind of sought out because it had it also has. Um, um, Crap, what's his name? Uh, Ekman, Michael Ekman from, oh crap, Charlie, oh god, oh, son of a bitch, um, the, the kid from the Santa, uh, Bernard, oh, um, god, what's his last name? Crap, anyway, it has him in, in, in the series as, as the genius, so that was the main reason why I kind of sought Numbers out, and then to see that it's, you know, Peter McNichol in there, and the whole time I was watching Numbers, I was like, where have I seen this guy before? I, like, I recognized yeah. Peter McNichol's voice, and I'm like, where have I seen him before? Oh, that's where I've seen him before. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, he's just, he's one of these things, he's one of these characters that just, he shows up in various roles, and I love him for it, you know? Uh oh god. What? He is going to be appearing I'm going to mention this. I really think it needs to just stop. <laughs> They're doing another CSI series. Oh, CSI um uh, Cyber. Yeah. Yes, and he'll be appearing on CSI Cyber. It was David Crumholtz. Was the was the name of the actor that did uh Charlie. Um but yeah. Oh. Go ahead. What? Oh my god, I just realized. Did you know that he was in Arkham City? Uh, Peter McNichol was the voice of uh, Jervis Tetch and Mad Hatter for the Batman yeah. Arkham City video game. Yeah. And that he was Professor Ivo in Young Justice? Yeah. See, I didn't know that. I'm just like, I'm looking at this, I'm like, oh my god. The guy actually has a lot more talent than I expected. <laughs> so, anyway. 
moving on with this here, obviously we've got some great characters through this film. Uh, you kind of covered the plot a little bit. Mm-hmm. Any quotes that you want to throw out there that you feel need to be put in? <laughs> not, not off the top of my head. Um, I don't have the quote page pulled up, but like, obviously, you know, if, if, you know, Renfield says the whole yes, master kind of honestly, anything with the two of them with Nielsen and Renfield uh, interacting is good to throw in. Um, but yeah. Uh, so. right. Well, with that, we'll go ahead. We're going to cut off here and we're going to pick back up with our Halloween favorite that we have to cover. <laughs> it, you know, It's the Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown. And we are back. 
Uh, so we are going to be discussing one of our favorite Halloween films or favorite Halloween specials of all time. Uh, in fact, I think that this is the longest running Halloween special ever. Uh, I could be wrong on that. I'm going to have to double check on that. But this one here, it's the Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown. Everybody I know loves this. You know, they love it. It's just it's such a good show. If people don't like this, there's something wrong with you. Yeah. You know, I mean, the, there there's so many little things that come out with this. And my mother, every year, my father's name is Charles. So every year, my mom hands him a rock and goes, here, Charles, what did you get for Halloween? I got a rock. <laughs> and my dad has that, he has that demeanor. My wife would say the same thing. She knows what mm-hmm. he's like. I mean, he's got his moments where he can be funny and he can be a very pleasant person, but there are times when he's just like, I got a rock. Mm-hmm. Uh, this this show, I mean, I, I love a lot of the little things that you see going on in it. When they're trying to cut out the pumpkin, they grab Charlie Brown. They go, come here, Charlie Brown. We want you to be our model for this. And he's like, a model? And then they start drawing on his head with a marker. Mm-hmm. You know? Oh. And, of course, we have Linus who's got to sit out in the pumpkin patch thinking that the great <laughs> pumpkin is going to bring him toys and presents. Uh, I don't know who is dumber in this, Linus or Sally. I, I really don't know who is more unintelligent about this because <laughs> that's that's how you need to end the show is the very end when Sally goes off on Linus because that yeah. is <laughs> the best part of the whole thing. But honestly, seriously, like, I don't know. I don't know what Linus and Lucy's parents did to him to make him this screwed up. Yeah, it's... Uh, I don't get where he thinks that this is the whole thing. You know, that that the Great Pumpkin is going to pick his pumpkin patch or that there even is a Great Pumpkin because all the kids are like, there is no such thing as the Great Pumpkin. You're thinking of Santa Claus. No, 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 this is not Santa Claus. <laughs> I was, before we got to this part of the podcast, I was looking it up and I initially wrote into Wikipedia the Great Pumpkin and it took me to a character page and it shows that in another, um, in other iterations, there's a version in Italy that's called the Great Watermelon since when it was originally introduced. <laughs> Halloween was pretty much non-existent in Italy. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> so, um... The one thing that I kind of want to mention about this, since we, I, I'm sure, you, I'm sure I've talked about this before. I'm sure you talked about it when you did your episode, but just like the, the 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 telecast edits on this just drive me batty. Yeah. Uh, in the '80s and '90s, when the special aired on CBS, the network trimmed the trick or treat sequence, such as that after the Peanuts gang knock on the first door and say trick-or-treat, it cuts to the gang after they finish trick-or-treating, comparing what they got in the last house. Uh, For ABC, when ABC ran it, um, to make room for the longer commercial breaks during modern airings, ABC cut two scenes, which were later restored when aired in conjunction with your not-elected Charlie Brown. The scenes were cut again in 2014 to make room for all of the Toy Story of Terror. Okay, don't get me wrong, and we will... (laughs) That's the other thing we should have talked about in this was the Toy Story of Terror. I oh, don't have, God. I don't have time. We'll have yeah. to do that um, another time. But 
Uh, that's that could be something for November. We can talk about the sto- the Toy Story franchise and talk about those films. But um, yes, um, <laughs> this is why I love that they've released the DVDs for these special features for these these television specials. Because okay, while it's magical to watch this on television every single year, it doesn't hold the same thing. If it's got edits in it to make room for other stuff, it doesn't – like I would rather pop in the DVD and watch the full special – like whatever. Um, uh, so – Yeah, I mean it's – I remember seeing – and I could swear that, that they cut out at one point for one version. that They cut out the whole flying ace thing where Red mm-hmm. Baron is getting shot down. They cut that out and I was like – you know, I, I kind of get that, but at the same time, Snoopy has to do that because everybody knows about Snoopy and the Red Baron. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it is what it is. So, I I really like this. I will probably sit down and watch this since I'm not going to go to any Halloween parties this year, at least as far <laughs> as I know, unless my wife has something that she's going to tell me later that she hasn't <laughs> told me. <laughs> um, I will probably just sit at home and watch Halloween films and Halloween cartoons. And if I do, this will definitely be on that viewing list. Mm-hmm. So I think that's pretty much it for this Halloween smorgasbord. Uh, Mike, have you got anything that you want to bring up here? Um, no, not really. Um, you know, just stay safe out there. Make sure you put um, the candy <laughs> that you get from the people you know in one bag and the candy from the people you don't know in another bag. That's one thing I learned from the Cosby show in their Halloween episode. Yeah. <laughs> the Cosby show Halloween episode is so hilarious because they have a purple bag for people that you do know and a red bag for people that you don't know. And you know, Cliff's just going to eat it all anyway. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's got razor blades in it. You can't have this, but dad, it's a full size Kit Kat. Oh no, no, no. It's got something in it. <laughs> um, Maybe next year for Halloween, we should do Halloween uh, TV theme shows or, you know, Halloween oh, yeah. episodes for TV shows. That would be interesting. Oh, yeah. We'll have to do that. Yeah. So we'll go ahead and we'll cut out here. I want to thank everybody for listening to Talking About My Generation. Uh, we we do have our Facebook page that you can go and like us on. Please do that. Uh, we have our iTunes that you can go and leave us a review. Still don't have any new reviews. I keep checking around the world because... At some point, I'm going to get it where I have something outside of the U.S., and I'm going to use this clip that I've got, you know, that we're huge in Antwerp. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, I'm going to pull something out with that. So if you like us, even if you're somewhere else, go and give us a review. Even if you hate us, give us a negative review. I'd love to see something. Uh, If you want to send us an email, you can reach us at mygenerationpodcast at gmail.com. And that's it. We'll go ahead and we'll sign off. Mike, you've given me an idea here, so we're going to go ahead and sign off for that whole fight with Linus with uh, Linus and Sally when Sally chews his ass out. <laughs> it's the Great Pumpkin! He's rising up out of the pumpkin patch! Mm. What happened? Did I faint? What did he leave us? Did he leave us any toys? I was robbed. I spent the whole night waiting for the great pumpkin when I could have been out for tricks or treats. 
rent for the blockhead. You owe me restitution! You heard about Fury and a woman scorned, haven't you? Yes, I guess I have. Well, that's nothing compared to the fury of a woman who has been cheated out of tricks or treats. <laughs>